How's it going, everyone? This is Jason Navarro. You're listening to Tongues Out Podcast, and let's just jump right into it. So uh, this is the day before my birthday. Tomorrow's uh, podcast is going to be all about um, just positive things that have happened on my on pretty much tomorrow's date. So I'm going to scavenge through all the news and the global news and find all the good that people have done and just talk about that. Um, but essentially, today's podcast, I've had it up to... Just imagine if you could hold your hand above your head up to there with just nonsense conspiracy theories. And so this this podcast today is going to be about conspiracy theories. I actually enjoy conspiracy theories. Um, I, I love reading about so many conspiracy theories. My, my, the top two that I have where I think there's some legitimacy to things happening there are, um, the Kennedy assassination, hundred percent for sure. I feel like that. I think like 70% of Americans believe that there's some form of conspiracy there. Um, and then the second one would be Groom Lake or Area 51 and just is exactly what they're doing there. Do, do I think they have aliens over there? No. Do I think that they are working on some super intense secret projects over there? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's just always fascinated me since I was a kid. Those two. Now, my top three most hated conspiracy th- theories of all time is... Flat Earth, <laughs> man, that one uh, that one always gets me. I just, I don't understand how people can believe in that. Still, um, the other one is uh, this whole idea that um, this whole idea that like this actually oh, we'll just do the top two. We'll just keep it even. Top uh, two on both sides. So Flat Earth and this is a new one, but essentially people are thinking that the the whole COVID-19, uh, George Floyd's assassination uh, or murder, excuse me, and all of this is, has been all uh, orchestrated by some <laughs> either higher Illuminati power, which I mean the Illuminati is a fascinating conspiracy as well. I I, I do enjoy the, the concept of the idea. Um but we're not going to talk about that one. But essentially, people high up in the government or multiple people or just the government in general is orchestrating all of this to create civil unrest amongst people and to eventually use this as a platform to create such a division amongst people that essentially, this is the most extreme thing I've heard a part of this this entirety of a conspiracy is that this division is going to get to the point where people are going to essentially join either one of two sides, either the extreme left or the extreme right. And we're going to have ourselves a modern day civil war, which (laughs) it's so dumb. It makes absolutely no sense. There's no way that could ever happen unless we were to somehow be able to, to, to gain control of the military. And anyways, so let's first talk about, uh, conspiracy theories I I enjoy um, to talk about. 
So the JFK assassination. I've been to the area where JFK was assassinated in Dallas multiple times. I actually, um, every time I, I've traveled to Dallas, I've stayed at the Hyatt Hotel, which if uh, if you're in downtown Dallas, the Hyatt Hotel there is exactly right down the road from where JFK got assassinated from. Um, it's like when, when the limousine was going down underneath that underpass, if you were to go underneath that underpass and keep going straight, the Hyatt would be right there on your left. Um, I visited, you know, the shot where supposedly Lee RV Hoswald had fired, um, the, the gun that essentially had killed JFK. And so this is, um, essentially where I have an issue with just the idea that Lee RV Hoswald did, did this himself. Uh, I, I forget the time span, but essentially there were three shots fired Two, if you no, there was technically three. So there were three shots. There was one that had somehow had pierced through the, the, the windshield of the limousine that JFK was in, but it didn't impact anyone. There was a second bullet that had gone through the governor. I think he was the governor of Texas at the time. The governor, it went through the governor, through his wrist, and actually the movie JFK with um, Kevin Costner got me fast. When I was a little kid and I watched that movie, man, it got me so fascinated on the JFK assassination. But essentially, this was like what's called the magic bullet, the second shot was a shot that essentially had gone through the governor's like right wrist, had somehow made a 90-degree turn, had gone through his body, um, impacted some kind of bones, uh, like his ribcage bones, bounced out, and then went through the, the, the car seat divider. So essentially, when JFK got assassinated, he was sitting in a limousine, an open-top limousine, being escorted by other uh, like police officers, but essentially it was an open top limousine. This was like normal back in the day for a lot of um, for a lot of presidents to just go into the populace and, and open top limousines and just say hello to everyone in a city. And he uh, he was in the car with his wife and his Secret Service, and then the governor and the governor's wife. And uh, sorry, it was a three seater vehicle, I, I think actually, because there was a driver. Secret Service, Governor's wife, Governor, JFK's wife, and uh, JFK. And essentially, this second shot had gone through the governor, gone through the, the, the dividing, the, like his seat, and then pierced into JFK as well and exited through his, like, the back of his throat. And so it somehow had elevated from this guy's arm through his body, through the car seat, and and through JFK's neck. And then the last shot was the fatal shot, which uh, had impacted uh, around JFK's, um, I think around his temple and had exited out of the back of his skull. And that's like the, the iconic shot that you see when, when JFK gets murdered. Uh, it was so sad, by the way. You know, what a, what a great president. Him and his brother, uh, there, there's a theory that if Robert Kennedy, because he campaigned to be president, but he got assassinated too around the same time period that Martin Luther King got assassinated. There's so many weird, like uh, weird conspiracies around like what happened with the Kennedys. And they've always had this like uh fictitious, like um, 
a curse on the Kennedy name, pretty much, where a lot of Kennedys have passed away in very unfortunate ways. But Robert Kennedy, his younger brother, had been murdered later on. And rumor has it that if his brother had gotten elected, a lot of the issues that we have now with civil rights would have been spearheaded and and tackled during that time period. If Martin Luther King and Robert F. Kennedy were both alive, uh, or Robert Kennedy, I don't know what his middle initial was, but Robert Kennedy and, and Martin Luther King both survived, man, you know, we would never have these issues like we have with, like, George Floyd and, and I mean, we might have, but the conversations that we're having now would have been had then, and a lot of change would have been implemented then because Robert Kennedy fought really hard for civil rights. And to have someone like a leader like Martin Luther King and Malcolm X and a lot of those figures alive during that time period would have been huge for the African-American community. But sadly, those two people were assassinated. Um, so yeah, so there's three shots. Lee Harvey Oswald was in a building that was two stories high and he was uh, supposedly aiming through, uh, not supposedly, but he was aiming through, yeah, supposedly, no one, no one saw this. Supposedly he was aiming through, uh, there's like a, on the side where the building is, there's like three different windows all spaced out from different rooms on the top of the building. And it's essentially Lee Harvey Oswald, I was believe in the, in the middle room aiming through this window and he wasn't using an automatic weapon for this type of shot that he was taking. It required some precision. So he was using a bolt action rifle weapon. And so what a bolt action rifle pretty much is, it's like for every shot he needs to cock and, and load another round into the gun and then um, load the round into the chamber and and it takes, you know, if you're inexperienced, it, it, you're going to mess up. And essentially, if you watch the Kennedy assassination, I, I want to say it's from the from the moment you see there's distress. So you could tell from the governor, the governor is the first one to show signs of some kind of issue because the, essentially the first, the second bullet had gone through him, hit him. And imagine Lee Harvey Oswald is looking at an angle from the side. But somehow a round had pierced through the front windshield of this limousine. And so that's already a red flag for me when when talking about this conspiracy. So even if you factored out this this first round, right, and you just said the, the only two rounds, the one that hit the governor that hit JFK through his neck, and then the second one that went through JFK's head. Essentially, all of that happened in a span of like 15 seconds, I think, maybe even less. So if you just see from the, the moment that the governor's in distress, you could see him like aching from pain and then you see JFK holding his neck. And so clearly there's something going on. From that point to the next shot that Lee Harvey Oswald had to do was literally the shortest amount of time. And he had to exactly load another round. He fired a shot, load another round. Like he had a... Uh, um, eject the, the first round out of his gun, load another round in, load it back, have the round in the, in the chamber. And he can't do this like aiming down sights. And when you when you talk about aiming down sights, that means that he's like zoomed in on like the action. You can't load a gun like that while you're zoomed in and still maintaining that, that kind of shot. And Lee Harvey Oswald, he had military experience, but no one has, has ever said that he was a, an accurate sharpshooter. And so... That shot that he did for uh, someone that wasn't actively, co- like constantly training that skill, 
was a was a pretty difficult shot to get in two exact rounds the way he did was super difficult and it's especially when this the first round was so inaccurate if it was if he was trying to aim for JFK he missed that first round and hit the governor and this and, and essentially this this vehicle's moving and then when the first shot happens the one that or not the first first or second whichever one you want to believe um the, the vehicle starts to accelerate at that point because clearly secret service knows that something's going on and essentially Lee Harvey Oswald is able to aim down the sights again and hit JFK right in the temple and and get the 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 killing shot when his first shot that he made supposedly he he missed completely especially when the motorcade was going so slow and and it wasn't like he was trying to kill the, kill the governor there was no there, there was no point in doing that if he was trying to do that, he would have hit the, the governor in the head just like he had killed JFK. So there was so many discrepancies. And then essentially, no one knew who had killed JFK at that point. But somehow authorities were were given insight on the fact that there was this guy. The, the rumor was going on around immediately. Like, I mean, the president's dead at this or not. He's pretty much dead. Motorca- motorcade, uh, like, immediately... It rushes to the hospital, but JFK is pretty much dead at this point. The that shot to the to the temple through his head really killed him. Um, in between all of this and such a, a quick amount of time, news has already reported that they have a suspect already in hand, and you know they they uh, they landed on Lee Harvey Oswald. No sightings, no witnesses. Supposedly, there were some witnesses in the building that saw a distressed Leo Oswald, but it's not like he left the building with the gun in his hand. And so they were able to land on him pretty quickly. Supposedly, Leo Oswald, after assassinating JFK, as he was running away, he got into a confrontation with a police officer that was trying to stop him. He killed that police officer with a handgun. No witness testimony to that or like uh, eyewitness testimony. It's just... Supposedly he had done this. And then essentially he went from killing that cop, killing the president, attempting to murder the governor, killing a police officer. And then he find, he goes to a movie theater and the police arrest him at this movie theater. But now, tell me if you just assassinated multiple people and attempted to kill the governor of that state, and you pretty much are sure after had killing that cop, that people pretty much knew, had an idea that you were the one that killed JFK, why in the hell would you be in a movie theater? Like, why would you not have gotten into a car and just run? And this guy didn't want to get caught at all because essentially from the moment he got arrested all the way to, and this is the crazy part, he got murdered the, the, the day after. All throughout that point, he had denied knowing what he didn't even know what he was being charged for. If you watch video recaps of of him after being arrested, and people are are interviewing, like you know, news reporters are asking him, like you know, how like how do you feel about killing the president? I don't know the context of it, but how do you feel about this? And Lee Harvey Oswald is continuously saying, "I don't even know what I'm being charged for. Like I don't even know what I've done." And essentially, as Lee Harvey Oswald is being escorted away from like being detained and um, at the police station that he was at after being detained as he's being escorted out of, into a garage out of nowhere, a, a well-known mafia guy comes and 
kills Lee Harvey Oswald on the spot while live on television, kills this guy. Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. He just comes and says, Oswald, and you just, bam, shoots him once in the chest and kills Lee Harvey Oswald. Before this guy can even give testimony, before he can be pres- uh, you know, taken to trial. So essentially, that's it. The one guy that killed JFK gets murdered before we can even figure out exactly what he had done. And then, uh, um, and then there are just so many weird things about like what happened. For instance, JFK's brain, like this is part of an autopsy, right? A lot of uh, information could be deducted, deduced from an autopsy. Looking at, especially if you get shot, you know, any organ, especially your brain, if you get headshotted, um, it sounds so wrong saying it like that. If you get shot in the head, sorry, um, it's going to show you trajectory of where the round had pierced through his skull. And it's going to show you the exit wound. And it's going to show you the type of caliber of round possibly as well. You can validate all this information with a lot of ballistics and everything of that nature. And somehow JFK's brain to this day has been lost. After the, after his initial autopsy, to do additional investigations on that, because they did a, a, a like a warrant commission, a commission to investigate exactly who was responsible for JFK's assassination and what led up to that and who could have been the perpetrators associated with that. That commission couldn't do its job properly because JFK's brain just had gone missing. To this day, we don't even know where it is. And um, obviously, like when you talk about conspiracies, conspiracies means that there's a, an intent to, to, to hide something. And so essentially when something means a conspiracy theory, sorry, I should have started off with this, but I just got so engaged with the JFK assassination. But essentially what makes something a conspiracy theory is is the intent of a party to hide information from people. And so essentially for JFK's murder to be a conspiracy, there had to be other parties technically to still be alive that were also involved with his assassination. And I've always been fascinated as to who possibly could have helped. Now, do I think Lee Harvey Oswald was part of the assassination? Ugh, that's that's hard, you know, because if you don't think he was a part of it, either way, I think either he had assistance or he wasn't a part of it at all and he got framed. And so... Who would want JFK murdered at that time period? A lot of people. Uh, a lot of uh, people from the Cuban government wanted to assassinate or wanted something to do with JFK just because of his way that he handled the Bay of Pigs or the potential invasion of Cuba to oust Fidel Castro at the time. He failed miserably at it, and it was found out that it was his idea to to initiate that plan to pretty much essentially invade another country uh, to kick out a leader. Um and he failed horribly at it. And so Cubans, you know, that, and that was very early into his administration. It was probably one of the worst things that ever happened that he had ever done. Um, if you look at his history, that's like the the number one failure of JFK is that. He's had a, a lot of successes, but that was probably his biggest failure was that. Um, and the Kennedys were so great, man. What? I honestly think that Kennedy was probably, and before I say this, let me just think for a second. 
I want to say Kennedy was the last greatest president we've had. Pretty much. I think since Kennedy, we've had some people, some disruptions. Some people do some 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 things. Um, obviously, you know, prior to Kennedy, you would argue that Franklin Delano Roosevelt or FDR was a big president. I mean, that guy literally took us out of a depression, was the only president to serve three terms, possibly almost four if he hadn't died early or not early, but if he didn't die while he was in office. He had he pretty much passed social security, passed the New Deal, got like all our highways built, got everyone jobs, and created Medicare. I mean, literally, FDR did a whole bunch. He abused his power, but he did a lot, and he got us through World War II pretty much a majority of the way. Um, man, what a fascinating guy that guy was. You know, some people he's definitely top three presidents for sure. FDR. It's between FDR, Abraham Lincoln, and, and George Washington. But I think a lot of people are going to frown now on, on George Washington just because of the fact that he had slaves. And I, I'm going to have to talk about George Washington in another podcast because I am totally against the history that we have with slavery. And I, I've never been a big proponent of it either. Um, but I, I think George Washington's beliefs on a lot of things are, are the reason why we even are able to even be in this country, like to even have an America, you know, it's, it's hard to reflect on that kind of history and, and say like, you know, how dare these people, we should have had someone else as our first president, but honestly there was no one else. Um, I mean, that guy, the whole presidency was based off of George Washington pretty much. You know, a lot of people wanted to call him king at some point, and he didn't want to be considered a king. He wanted to be considered just president. When you think of president, president normally means like the leader of a club. It's not like a big title. And that was his idea to come up with something like that because he didn't feel like the leader of the executive branch needed to be some kind of um, some kind of uh, tyrant that just was in office until he got kicked out pretty much. He was the first president to kind of create the standard on on giving a, a state of a union. He did it. Everything that a president does nowadays is because I'm not talking about the negatives. I'm just talking about the structure of the presidency really is based off of George Washington because no one knew exactly how to f- structure the presidency. And the whole idea of it was based around him. He could have served more than two terms, but he didn't. George Washington was the only independent president as well, which I... W- that's another thing I want, I would love to talk about because I consider myself an independent. This whole political party system is just the two party system is just so messed up. Um, and, and the idea of the leader of the executive branch to also be the commander in chief was in essence, because George Washington had led us through the revolutionary war as well. Um, but anyways, getting off subject, I want to say JFK definitely is in top five presidents of all time. Um, and, and the last great president that we've had, I mean, look at what the guy did. He literally got us to the moon. Oh my God. Speaking of moon, literally that's another one that it just annoys me so much when people say that we didn't go to the moon and, and there's a whole bunch of conspiracies about that. Like literally we're about like, here's your proof. We're about to send like multiple different countries, not America, but all these other countries, China, India, Russia, 
a lot of countries right now are going through a space. We're going through like a second space race right now. We're trying to, with the help of private companies like SpaceX and NASA, we're trying to beat China, India, Japan, and Russia right now to get ourselves on the moon and get ourselves onto Mars before any other country. Um, but essentially, all these other countries have sent probes, have sent, they've, they've used telescopes. And to think that our enemies are like, we're not at war with them, but considering like Russia and China, for instance, their governments are not in a great relationship with America. They could come out at any point. How bad would it look if any of these countries, like, why would they not do this? How bad would it look if they just came out and said, yo, the United States did not go to the moon. There's no evidence. We've scanned the entire moon. Here's our proof. Literally, it would destroy the morality of this country. Why would they not do that? And so when people argue, and then we put, we left so many objects onto the moon, we didn't bring those things back. The only thing we brought back were the, the capsules that these astronauts were in, but all their rovers, the flags that we've left, footprints, there's no atmosphere there. Literally, I mean, it's hard to see footprints, but like essentially like, um, you know, the flags, the rovers, any other debris that we've left over there is all there still. And to think that, you know, all you have to do is just do a thorough analysis and send probes to the moon to prove that we didn't make it there. Any country that did that and proved us wrong would make us look like shit. Like we didn't do what we said we were going to do. Even if an ally did that, for instance, it would be huge leverage to have against the United States. But no one's done that. Not one enemy, no one. Um, And then also the astronauts left uh, essentially like reflective mirrors on the surface of the moon. And essentially a lot of people don't notice, but we know that the moon is slowly drifting away from the earth. Very slowly. We're talking about like inches a year, super slow. It would take a, like a million years to really see the moon move quite a distance away. But how we know this is because there are reflective uh, mirrors that we left on the moon, and and every single year, scientists send a laser beam to the moon, wait for the laser beam to reflect back to the Earth, and essentially, if you do the math, you could calculate the distance based off the, the speed of light hitting this mirror and coming back. You could determine the distance of the moon, and so that's how we know that the moon is slowly drifting away. So essentially, what are, are we just making up all of this? Like independent scientists as well from different universities that, that test this are also making this up? Give me a break. This People are fucking insane. And and somehow we had the technology to fabricate the, the moon landing. I mean, literally, if you watch it in movies nowadays, it, it's like I get it. It was black and white and the, and the, and the resolution was perfect. But to fake something like that is just... <laughs> The amount of effort, the amount of wasted material and money and time and secrecy and to pay off people and to get people to stay silent or, or risk killing their family or whatever you want to believe why the entirety of NASA kept this a secret. Like all of those resources, it would have been just as expensive to just build a rocket to send people to space. <laughs> like it's not cheap to do all that. But anyways, um, yeah, JFK in his presidency, I mean, he essentially developed NASA, got us on the moon. Um, he, he stopped, he, and through, we were on the brink of nuclear war with the Soviet Union. I mean, we were a hair trigger away from something happening. Essentially, the Soviet Union or Russia, Soviet Union, and not, not necessarily Russia, but the Soviet Union, because we had put, um, 
intercontinental uh, ballistic missiles with nuclear warheads in um, what country was it? Uh, Poland. We had put like these ICBMs, essentially they're long range missiles with nuclear weapons on them. And we put them uh, in Poland because we Poland was a NATO ally of ours. And if Russia were to ever kind of attack any of our European allies, we could just shoot a nuclear warhead from Poland right into the Soviet Union. And so be, when the Soviet Union found out that we, they, uh, we did that, they essentially made a deal with Cuba because Cuba was, is still a communist country. And they were attempting to ship nuclear weapon components and parts to build these silos in Cuba so that if we were to ever attack Russia, they could essentially attack us anywhere like D.C., Florida, any important uh, asset to the United States with their own nuclear weapons. And when we found out about this via like spy saddle or spy um, footage taken by by uh, pilots on these like high flying U two um, not U two uh, I forget the name of the aircraft but high flying uh, altitude or high altitude flying aircraft that took photos oh my god the technology back in the day like nowadays we have satellites that could take images like the most detailed images from space but back in the day they had to take like a polar like a a Polaroid photo. Of a very professional version of this, but like the high tech version at their time, Polaroid imaging, right? They took multiple imaging and then they would essentially drop the capsule of footage onto like a secure location. And then all these photos would be processed and then classified and sent to the, you know, to the CIA and, and, and the federal government as well. <laughs> Nowadays you just send it digitally, but just to think how far we've come from like our form of espionage, but you know, in this footage, we were able to see that clearly Russia was sending military weapons to Cuba. And so JFK created a blockade between Cuba and the Soviet Union and with our Navy and stopped Russia from sending shipments to Cuba. And, and if you blockade a country, that's technically a declaration of war. And, and uh, the Geneva Convention, if a country blocks trades of goods and services to a country that's essentially uh, an act of war you're not allowed to do that um so essentially if russia wanted to they had the the grounds to technically attack the united states for doing that and we were so close like literally so close there were like some small like very very close moments in nuclear submarines like that russia had that if it wasn't for like uh the, the last minute decision for a, like a captain of this once. Oh my God, this blew my mind. There was a captain on a nuclear submarine in Russia that was off the coast of the United States. And at the time they lost signal with Russia and they were given orders that uh, when you're in a submarine, you're given multiple different orders to, um, and then the leader of that country leaves those orders for the submarines. Cause essentially they're supposed to act as if, if the country were to be lost, your home country was to be lost due to nuclear war. You have enough nuclear weapons on your submarine to, then you were left with orders to either you know surrender yourself to an ally and have them be able to use your your technology or do nothing or um attack back and they had a checks and balances system so it wasn't just like one man's decision it was like three people and then the majority won the vote and essentially this happened on a boat where um the captain of this nuclear sub they lost signal with Russia and they knew at the time that we were like in this very turmoil point in history because of the blockade. 
And essentially, their orders were to attack the United States with nuclear weapons. And a captain of this, the captain of this nuclear sub, I don't know if it was a captain or a first officer, chose not to give up his codes for the nuclear attack. <laughs> like he disobeyed the the procedures that they were supposed to do. And I mean, it was just a wild time. But essentially, JFK stopped that from happening. He negotiated with the leader at the time, which I think was. Um, uh, the premier Khrushchev, I think, um, or Gorbachev. Uh, was it Gorbachev? No, Khrushchev. I don't know. I can't remember. Wow, I'm losing my history. Um, but yeah, essentially, we created a, a peace with uh, with the Soviet Union, and it made the Soviet Union look bad. It was like from that point forward, the Soviet Union started to lose its influence on the world because. Essentially, the Soviet we gave up like the Soviet Union asked us to give up our new, our ICBMs in Poland, but at that point, the technology was so dated that we were planning on removing them anyways because we had ICBMs we could launch from further distances to still be able to hit Russia. But we left them there in Poland just to leave them there, and so in return for us to dismantle something we were planning on dismantling anyways, we uh, the Russians had to to uh, pretty much bring back all of their, their nuclear uh, products from Cuba, bring it back to the Soviet Union, and then allow us to, to, or allow the United Nations to verify that there was nothing there in Cuba. Oh, and then our dismantling of the weapons in Poland, we negotiated and we didn't even have to make that public. It wasn't found out until afterwards in history that that's, that was part of the deal. But at the time, it wasn't publicly known that that's what Russia wanted. So essentially, on the news, it looked like Russia just gave up. And they retreated, and it made the Soviet Union look horrible. And so JFK pretty much stopped us from essentially having a really dark, dark, dark history in, in, human, his, like in human history. But So uh, the Soviets, it said that the Soviets also wanted to, to crack down on, on him possibly. Sorry, that's why I was talking extensively about this. And then the third group of people, so we, we said the Cubans, the Soviets, and then the third group was the mafia. Because JFK, um, man, this is like my the one part that I'm going to butcher this form this part of history. I want to say JFK was a attorney general, and when, while he was an attorney general, either he was a prosecutor or an attorney general. I I, I cannot remember. He was one of the two, I believe. But while he was an attorney general, he cracked hard on on mafia, like really hard. And so the mafia, you know, pretty much put a hit on him as well. And so so there's this idea that somehow it was a, a collaboration between these three different parties that orchestrated his assassination. I don't believe in the further conspiracies. There's like this conspiracy that the vice president, Lyndon B. Johnson, also wanted JFK to be killed because he just didn't, he was a uh, staunch, like uh, he didn't, he didn't support a lot of the things that JFK had done. And so some people say that, you know, Lyndon B. Johnson wanted JFK to be killed. But if, if that's so, wow, that is, man, if that, if that public information ever came out that a, a president orchestrated the, the killing of another president, wow, that would be insane especially someone like JFK. But there's just a lot. It's very fascinating. If you if you really want to, I honestly recommend 
It came out in the nineties, but the movie by Kevin Costner called JFK is a fascinating movie. Uh, uh, pretty much an attorney general or a, a state prosecutor. He's just a lawyer. I don't, I don't know what like level of lawyer he is, but Kevin Costner plays a lawyer. This is true. He pretty much, uh, took one person that he felt was part of the conspiracy. He did an entire research of this conspiracy and was able to prosecute one person in court. And that's how a lot of this evidence came out about like the footage that we have of JFK's assassination came from this attorney, pretty much his work in declassifying a lot of this information from the freedom of information act. And, um, he brings one uh, like one person that he thinks he could prove that was part of this conspiracy. And it's it's in legitimate history. Like uh this guy actually did this in Louisiana, New Orleans. And it's a fascinating movie. It shows you how this lawyer is breaking he was just fascinated by the, the JFK assassination. I, I really want to watch that movie again. I like watch it once a year. It's such a great movie. Um and it just shows you how far down the rabbit hole he was like trying to look for this conspiracy and trying to connect the dots because he just couldn't believe that Lee Harvey Oswald did it himself or just by himself or if he did it at all. And so the movie really goes into detail about that. My second one is the, um, is area 51. I mean, I think that speaks for itself. Most people, especially recently, I think it was a year ago. People were joking, talking about wanting to Naruto run or raid, Area 51, which is insane because it's a military compound and they can shoot you on site if you try to do that. But supposedly this guy that orchestrated it said that, you know, you can't kill all of us. You know, eventually one of us will make it. But essentially Area 51, like the area where it's at, it's man, it's so crazy. The they have these like so I'm going to briefly talk about it. There's a lot of weird stuff about Area 51. So, for instance, here in Las Vegas, employees for area 51 they have two ways to get there one way is a bus that takes them from here and on the way there picks up people from different stops between las vegas and area 51 which i think is only one other stop and they go on a on a bus that's not on any set schedule whatsoever they randomize the scheduling of of these bus rides and they drive them to base they stay on base for however long there's no order order to it whatsoever that's one way to get there. And then the second way is the only U.S. aircraft that has no tail number on it, and it's a completely white aircraft parked at uh, McCarran Airport here in Las Vegas. And essentially, the employees get on this airplane. It's completely white, no tail number. Every aircraft, even military aircraft, have tail numbers on them. But this is the only aircraft that has no tail number on it. And essentially... These employees get on this aircraft, it flies them to Area 51, and the same thing, brings them back in random intervals. No one knows who these employees are. Um, They sign the most intense NDAs, and they go through scrutiny after scrutiny after scrutiny of, 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 like, lie detector tests and everything to make sure that these guys aren't, like, spies or anything. I mean, who knows what they go through because just it's barely known anyone that's served at Area 51. Um, and for the longest time, the government denied its existence. Even to this day, the government will not recognize that area as Area 51. If you ask the government to tell you if Area 51 exists, they'll say, no, it doesn't exist. 
but if you go by its official name, it's like Groom Lake Base, like uh, Base, like I don't know something something. Then they'll verify because Groom Lake is exactly where it's like a a salt lake in the middle of Nevada. Um, that has uh like a pretty much the longest airstrip. By the way, it's got the longest runway of any runway in the entire world. What kind of aircraft needs to take off of this long runway? God only knows. I mean, a lot of experimental stuff gets tested over there at Area 51 because it is so far away. And then, um, essentially, there's no way you could run to Area 51 because essentially the the barrier that you see, there's another like th- like 10 miles before you actually could get to the base. And along the way, there is multiple contract uh, military employees that are able, like I said, to arrest you on site and also shoot you if they wanted to. There's motion trackers. The like the base knows exactly when an enemy satellite or or on like a non-government satellites hovering over their base. And when that happens, they essentially shut down the base and put all everything away inside these like hangars. And all you see in this like on photos of Area 51 or Groom Lake is just hangars, multiple hangars some random vehicles and a long airstrip and nothing else. You'll never see satellite photos of anything there. And I think if you go to Google maps, um, I'm doing this on the podcast. I'm I'm sorry. I shouldn't be doing this, but I just want to type in groom Lake. If you type that into Google maps, it literally doesn't show you anything. (laughs) Here, one second, satellite photo. Okay, yeah, it does, actually. So you go Groom Lake and look at the photo there and look at what's there. And literally all you're going to see, I'm looking at it right now. If you go to Google Maps, type in Groom Lake, go to the satellite imagery, you'll look. Look at the ha- look at the runway. This middle runway is so long. It is insane how long that runway is. It makes zero sense how long that runway is. No, no sense. Nothing requires that. Not space shuttles that re-entered through our atmosphere that were going super fast and had to land on a runway. Not military aircraft. Nothing. I mean, if you compare that to the length of an aircraft carrier, the aircraft carrier would probably be no longer than like maybe from the beginning to like where the buildings start. Maybe that long. And look, you could fit like four aircraft carriers down that length of, of runway. It's insane. And then if you look, you'll see like vehicles, like I said, random vehicles there, like people's cars or, or cars for the base, I'm assuming. Hangers, hangers, hangers. And then you'll see the white unmarked aircraft that I was telling you about. It's so weird. And um, yeah, essentially this is in the middle of nowhere and you can't get on mountains to look at it. Back in the day, you were able to get on surrounding mountains and people used to love like taking telescopes and looking at it. But now they've blocked off the whole area that essentially, like I said, it's like a 10, like 25, 25 mile radius. So it's impossible to get there. You couldn't get there. The only way you could get there is like if you, I don't even know. I'd like if somehow you could go to space, jump out of an aircraft, do a halo jump where the most high tech equipment and gear that makes you camouflage to thermal scanning and like a uh, velocity, like, I mean, to it makes you invisible to radar and everything. And then somehow land essentially in a base surrounded by military personnel, 
know exactly their protocol procedures and then <laughs> and then somehow evade people that are probably trained to know exactly every personnel that's supposed to be on that base and all these people that just make sure that you're supposed to be there and you somehow have to then make it into one of the hangars and essentially all of this stuff is nonsense because essentially everyone knows that all the stuff is being done underground underneath groom lake so these hangars are pretty much just for show and to hold like maybe different different aircraft above the ground but then all like the secret, secret stuff, supposedly, supposedly, I don't know this for a fact, but supposedly is underground underneath this base. And so essentially you would have to be able to make it through personnel security after security, after security, after security, and make it all the way underground through maybe like 25 different checkpoints to get there. It's impossible. It's impossible. No one will ever know. Not no one. No one will ever know. I mean, literally, I don't even, uh, presidents aren't even supposed to really know too much about it because it's like a... Um, I don't know. It's like, uh, it's, what is that saying? It's, it's, uh, like, uh, only for only essential people need to know about it. Like no one else needs to know about it. So like the president really, I mean, he could ask about it, but unless he really requires the details about it, he'd probably have advisors that tell him it's probably better if you don't know what's going on over there <laughs> pretty much. And so, uh, it, it's always fascinated me, honestly. It is so it's the most secretive, secretive, secretive piece of land ever. People have tried to sue the federal government because essentially, uh, people were claiming that people that used to work at Area Fifty One, uh, were were getting diagnosed with like cancer, and they were claiming that it was certain chemicals that were being dumped around Area Fifty One, and the government could never process like pretty much could never um every time like the government tried to ask groom lake about like is like did they carry like toxic material there they don't have to answer to the government they don't have to answer to to congress they don't pay taxes (laughs) another thing too groom lake doesn't pay any taxes ever they never get charged on any taxes and essentially you don't know what, what money is being spent there because essentially under the budget it's like black ops prod like uh black there's like a section for like uh, secret weapons programs that have no, there's no need to give details. It's just a, a, a number like this X amount of money needs to be given away to something like this. Fascinating stuff. So anyways, those are my two favorite conspiracies and two that I really do feel like, I mean, essentially for uh groom Lake or area 51 to be a conspiracy would mean that they're trying to hide something from the general public. And um, do I, do I think that they're hiding our, um, like alien species there? No. I I do love the idea of aliens. Man, there's this one. There's this. Uh, here's a bonus. Bonus conspiracy. More people need to know about this. Uh, alien encounter. Uh, man. Shit. What is this guy's name? Sergeant. Or a cop. That sees. Alien. Aircraft. I want to say it was Arizona. Okay, look up Lonnie Samora. Uh, so it's L-O-N-N-I-E space Z as in zebra, A-M as in Mary, O-R-A incident. It is fascinating. This is the only, conf- like literally the only UFO sighting that's literally, it's so surreal 
that for this guy to be discongruent with his lie, it would be insane. I mean, this guy, there was multiple eyewitness of this aircraft. I mean, literally his description of, of what he saw. And it was he wasn't sure if it was aliens because the, the aircraft had markings on it. Um, oh, but I mean, don't even get me uh, started on like all the other stuff that the military released recently as well. UFOs, man, they're they're fascinating. But essentially, I mean, do I think Area Fifty One has has UFOs as much as it would like? It would be so amazing if we did. I I just don't I don't think so. I mean, that would mean that we would somehow be harboring foreign organic uh, creatures. Which, if you know anything, just like when the Europeans came to America, um, they essentially killed off Native Americans with diseases. There's no argument that that couldn't happen with like aliens and their form of disease or like if we had diseases and couldn't infect them it was like that's what like i enjoyed the movie world of war world or war the world with tom cruise what essentially kills the aliens in the end isn't people but our viruses because they don't have an immune system um and then we're supposed to be able to work on alien aircrafts like i mean no that's so stupid i i mean i don't know maybe who knows i don't I mean, humans are pretty intelligent, but that'd be weird if we could somehow like keep that stuff secret and why not use that technology? We might as well just use that technology and, and make ourselves like the world leader and no one will ever be able to beat us because we have this crazy technology. Like, I don't think so. I do think secret projects are happening there. Look at the size of this. Look, you could just look at the airplane <laughs> and then look at. Man, you guys really need to look this up. Go on Google Maps and type in Groom Lake. Just look at the size. This is like a 737, like what you would be on a passenger aircraft. Look how small it is compared to that runway. Wow. It's insane. Anyways, two favorite conspiracies, or actually have, but yeah, I have a ton of conspiracies I enjoy reading up on. My my least favorite, Flat Earth. I'm not even going to waste my time on it. It's, it doesn't make sense. It's It's literally the stupidest conspiracy. I mean, no. The two that I've brought up at the beginning of this podcast are probably the dumbest conspiracies I've heard in recent times. And both of them have this like gathering and like more and more people are like trying to believe it. And it just like, I, I even wrote it on Facebook today. Like someone had like, it was my, it was the last time I wanted to see it, but someone that I grew up with in my, in my hometown posted this long post of like, you know, repost this and like think a little bit more about like the what's going on with our country. Do you think it's just a coincidence? And it's like, I, I replied back with like, so you're trying to say that tens, tens of thousands to up to millions of government employees, military personnel, state and local and federal government uh, employees are somehow all partnering up in a secret program, more secret than our nuclear program. Because I looked it up, the Manhattan Project, when we were making an atomic bomb, that was 150,000 people that worked on that project. And it was kept very secret. But even then, the Soviet Union had a spy that pretty much was reporting back to the Soviets about what we were working on. But we, we did a pretty damn good job of car, uh, car, par, compartmentalizing. Jeez. Compar, compartmentalizing. And what that means is like only certain people knew exactly what they were working on and that was it. Like they, they didn't know the bigger picture. But for something like global domination or like United States domination of, the, of its citizens and essentially getting us to, you know, be super divided 
and ultimately cause us to go into a civil war <laughs> just with no military backing. This is the silliest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. And for that that conspiracy to have that many people to be a part of that conspiracy, <laughs> so dumb. You might as well just give every one of those people a gun and just tell them to declare war on on everyone else. Like the idea, the idea of all these people just being partnered up and and it's just insane. I don't know the stuff that people believe in. It's just crazy. Um, and then flat Earth. Man, that I don't know where that came from. That came out like five years ago. I was starting to hear the, about flat Earth, and I was like, "Like, you're talking." And it, it was a misconception. During Col- Christopher Columbus, did not find out that the Earth wasn't flat. That is first off, that guy's a piece of shit. Like, we should not be celebrating Columbus Day anymore. It really should be called Native American Day. That guy was horrible. That guy was the worst man ever that guy was so desperate to create he so the whole story about christopher columbus is that he wasn't trying to figure out if the earth was flat that's just the dumbest story ever even at his point everyone knew that the earth was round uh, or like a sphere they didn't know the exact shape but they knew it was a sphere because a lot of scientists had tested it via the the sun's um horizon and like how it um how you can measure its distance between different countries and collaborating with different uh, astronomers from different areas with telescopes, you're able to determine that the Earth was pretty much a sphere and it was rotating around the sun. This idea that we were flat, he didn't even say as well. What Christopher Columbus was trying to figure out was a faster way to get to India because spices were very valuable, and so especially to the British. And so the, the way spices would come from India to... The UK was so convoluted. It had to go through pretty much from India through the Middle East and go through Europe or go through like Southern Europe onto ships and then from ships out to the UK. It took weeks. That's what made it so expensive. But if you could somehow get a ship. And so the idea was they thought that if you traveled west, there was just ocean. There was no other land. And essentially they would just go around the, the, the earth and make it to India. And so it would be the fastest way to get to India would be to just kind of go through all the water instead of going through this like land, water, land, and another bit of water. That's what made it so so costly. And the British love spices. I mean, at the time, there was no refrigeration. So food tasted like, I mean, meat tasted like crap pretty much after a day because there was no way to keep it frozen. And so they all, pretty much back in the day, can you imagine people ate spoiled meat, but the, the way they ate spoiled meat was they just added spices to it. If you were rich enough, you added spices to the food to just hide the, the horrible taste. Oh, God. It's gross to think about. Um, but so, yeah, essentially, yeah, and even wealthy people ate like that. That's just crazy. It's not like the movies where we see these people eat like a, like a chicken leg and it's like a big thick leg and they're like, no, oh, like medieval times kind of thing. It's like, no, meat was gross and like spices were very important. So yeah, that Christopher Columbus, he, he knew he would have been the richest man ever if he discovered a route to India that bypassed all land and just went with water. But essentially when he sailed west, he eventually found the Americas, but he wasn't even the first European that found it because the Vikings found America like 150 years prior to Christopher Columbus. But Columbus got to America. He um, essentially like found like different parts, uh, and he didn't even find America. He found the Caribbean. I mean, 
we give this guy too much credit, but he essentially found the Caribbean and some parts of South America, I believe. And uh, it wasn't until like other uh, conquistadors or that's what the name of like the, the Spanish like explorers were called were conquistadors. But um, yeah, Christopher Columbus was from Italy, but he like Italy wouldn't even fund his project because they were like, you're insane, dude. And he went and pretty much begged Spain forever to, to fund his project. And they funded it, and he found America. He brought some gold back, and he brought some Native Americans back. And and the Europeans, by that point, were fascinated. They were like, oh, my God, more land. We can, you know, there's gold. We need gold to fund our wars because that's all Europe did back in the day was just be at war all the time with each other. And so it was a rush to come to, to the Americas. And in return for Christopher Columbus finding this, he was essentially given uh, the opportunity to be governor of, I think it was governor of the Dominican Republic area or what's the modern day Dominican Republic. And when he became governor of that island, he massacred. I mean, he didn't give uh, Native Americans diseases. He massacred Native people and tortured them, behe- beheaded them. Anyone that committed uh, any like that just didn't agree with whatever he said, like the natives, he would chop their hands off. He would rape their women and and children. I mean, the guy was just fucking sick. Honestly, he was a horrible guy. Um, I don't even know why I was talking about. Oh, so yeah, that was because of flat earth. So even then we knew the earth wasn't flat and we didn't even have the technology that we have now. Now with all of this technology that we have, knowing mathematics, physics, uh, you know, physics, calculus, laser technology. I mean, we're sending people into space. Oh yeah. NASA's part of the conspiracy too. Yeah. Right. And I mean, essentially you can see the curvature of the earth. If you just get into an aircraft and you travel, if you've done your traveling, you see the curvature, just even just traveling on a clear sky, you can see the curvature. People are claiming that that's like a optical illusion from the, the water vapors. I mean, literally the, the thing about flat earthers is that they have a, they always have an argument about one thing that you bring up, right? Like the, the earth and the sun's rotation and the, and the seasons and all that. They always have an explanation, right? And for someone that doesn't know too much about, you know, to question something, they're like, wow, this guy is able to come up with an answer to every one of my rebuttals. Maybe I should believe flat earth as silly as it sounds and, and some people fall for it. But the problem with flat earth is that when you take all of their explanations and put it together to try to explain all of flat earth and as one argument, it falls apart immediately because one argument that they use to explain one thing contradicts the other argument that they use to support another argument. And so it just falls apart. And it's like, why are you even believing this? This is the stupidest thing ever. Literally, all you have to do right now is if you had enough money, I want to say maybe if you had like uh, $10,000 maybe, you could determine right now if the earth is, is flat or not. Get a, get a nice camera, right? Get a, a, a weather balloon, which the majority of your money is going to come from, right? You're going to get a weather balloon. You're going to get a super nice camera that essentially you're going to build a system where when this the, the balloon starts to deflate because essentially that's what will happen, you'll have a GPS monitor on this camera and it's and you'll just have this camera essentially you'll have it on a timer and you can have it like computer programmed as well you can use like a rasp a rasp uh raspberry pi like a small little computer that's super cheap connect it you can make your own little contraption send it up into you know take it in your backyard right now and throw that sucker up into space 
can you get in trouble for it? Sure thing, possibly, because you might need some like, I don't know the laws behind that, and every state has different laws for it. But, I mean, you do it in the middle of the desert, and I know a lot of people that believe in flat earth don't give a shit about laws. They could easily just go out there right now and do it. You know, if you want to validate your idea, just go test it out yourself. And no one ever invests into the test because why? If you want to believe something so much, like how crazy would it be if you did all of that, spent $10,000, and you got a Nobel Peace Prize for finding out that the earth is flat? You have documented concrete evidence that the earth is flat and that we've never been to space. Anyone done it yet? Nope. Come on. This is, it's just so, it's the dumbest, the dumbest conspiracy ever. And then to hear this whole, you know, our government or, uh, collaborated with the Chinese government and Russia and we're trying to create civil unrest in our country, but not really in China. Like all these other countries are helping us create civil unrest here. So then the government can go ahead and become like a dictatorship and, 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 and tyranny is going to happen here in America and our federal government is going to collapse any day now. I mean, I'm not going to talk about it, but yeah, yeah, like our federal government is going to like collapse at any, any point now. Come on. That's, and to see people that just believe this nonsense, it's like, <clears throat> there are children in grade school right now, in elementary school that are more, competent than 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 you are that are, are able to just ask questions like why like i it's always bothered me that people are so quick to come up with the most ridiculous conspiracy theories and then not ask like the why and how to the to that right they'll ask the why the how to the why the conspiracy would be a thing but they never ask why and how on the actual conspiracy that they came, they came up with or, or believe other people talk about. It's just unbelievable. And more and more and more people. And like I even said this uh, like a, a Facebook post like last week. I was like, how sad is it that right now in a period where I talked about this in my, I think yesterday's podcast or, or two days ago when I was talking about evolution and access to technology. And I was saying that how crazy would it be if Albert Einstein or – um I, I can't think right now, but just um, a multitude of different scientists just had access to technology that we have nowadays, like the internet, and quickly being able to search any subject that they need to search about. Like how much more intelligent would they be? We literally take for granted how much information we have access to our hands. Like it's truly said that the what the average person with a cell phone has more power in their hands than the president did like have more power in their hands uh, compared to the president 50 years ago. Like you could essentially destroy someone's life with your cell phone. You can destroy businesses. If you leave a horrible enough review, you can essentially organize campaigns and, and riots all from your cell phone the capacity that this device can do. And on top of that, you can research, search pretty much any kind of information that you need. It's insane what we have, kind of power we have in our hands. And to think that, like, we have all this access to information and to think that people are wasting their times instead of, like, becoming more intelligent, they're, they're like, 
trying to validate these insane ideas that they have by by searching um like instead of saying like why is this idea stupid instead they search for why is my argument the right idea right like when i search for a point i try to argue my own points i like see like i google is it possible that this isn't true or is it like is this true or whatever whatever and i look at the opposite like argument and if the opposite argument makes more sense to me and if more and more people are are arguing for the opposite argument, I'm sorry, I gotta shut up. I gotta challenge my perspective. Maybe not jump on board just yet, but I mean, do more and more further research until eventually I can say with certainty, yes, this. And can you change your perspective on some things? Yeah, of course. But things like this is, you do enough research and you already start to see how it breaks down pretty quickly. Like this whole idea of these like dumb conspiracies. But instead of doing that, what people do is they, they search for, is this thing possible or is, is this correct? And then, of course, when they do that, if you do that at Google, Google's not going to show you the counterpoint. Google's job is just to take you to things that are, that are going to interest you. So based off of what your search parameter is, and it uses art, like artificial intelligence to work out the system where if you type that in, it's going to show you articles related to your insane ideas. So how are you able to ever challenge your perspective if all you're searching for is information that validates your own perspective and you're never challenging your own ideas? I don't understand that. I, I don't understand what it is about people that just don't enjoy being wrong. It's like you, like I come off as always like to a lot of people, sometimes I come off as like I, I know a lot and that I'm never wrong. But I take pride in the fact that like I spend a majority of my lifetime, I don't look at like drama stuff i don't look at like t- television shows i don't watch tv my like my form of entertainment is research like learning things all the time it just it just fascinates me because I, a it helps me with my communication like i brought up in in my uh, in one of my podcasts where i talked about like my biggest weaknesses and my biggest strengths and i just love working out my brain muscle like it's just I just enjoy that. I just enjoy learning. I've always enjoyed learning since I was like a, a teenage, like a younger kid. Um, but if I would just, yes, like if I just nodded my head to like everything people said and didn't validate their information, oh my God. And especially now it's even worse because social media too and people just don't, they just post nonsense on social media like these people are. And like everyone starts to believe it and then repost it and then more and more people like them that just aren't willing to challenge ideas or challenge the fact that they're wrong start to like self-validate this information they get sucked into these insane conspiracies they're just so insane they're so wild like when i talked about the jfk assassination and like groom lake there's evidence physical evidence like legitimate evidence that you can look at these things and be like wow this is kind of weird this is this is insane like how is this and then you can only search so far before it's like I can't search anymore because I have to either have a time machine or somehow invade the most secure piece of land in, in the history of, of human civilization. It's not going to happen. So I'm left to think, well, why is there so much, like with Area 51, why is there so much stuff being hidden from people? And it's like, because they're trying to hide something. Like they're going through all of this effort to hide stuff. And they're taking it really serious. And then with JFK's assassination, I mean, there's no way that guy could have done it by himself. And it, it, even if it was him, again, because 
we'll never know. All these things ha- happen at the perfect moment. And it was just like, and it's just a weird time in history as well, where espionage was like super big, like, and all these different parties that wanted to kill JFK all wanted a piece of him. And they all kind of were related to each other in some degree. And so it's not too far fetched to think that they weren't part of it. But for some reason, the government just didn't want that to come out because they didn't want it to be known that they don't know who killed JFK. So they framed it on this guy. It was just easier to do that. Why they chose to do that. Who knows? Maybe it's for maybe because, you know, there was some people also talking about JFK. Some people also think that the CIA also wanted a part of it, like to be a part of his assassination. I don't think that, but there's some supposedly like high level, like people in, in the intelligence community that just wanted to kill or that just didn't like JFK as well. And so they, they want to say that there's certain assets from like, when you say assets, like people that work for the CIA that were undercover probably helped orchestrate these, these, this whole thing. And, and for that information to come out now would pretty much cause the public to lose all faith and trust in their intelligence community. And so who knows what the reason why is they, they framed one guy who clearly just wasn't capable of doing it by himself. You could just look at the footage. It's like I said, there's it's fact, you, you know, it's not edited in any way, but yeah, I just want to talk about that. I just, it, man, it just irks me whenever I just see people put so much time in like these, there are certain conspiracies. Uh, they're like some in the middle where it's like, it's kind of crazy to think about, but it's also kind of weird as well. I'm not going to talk about those. I'll talk about them another time. This has gone on for long enough, but yeah, like there are conspiracies that are truly things that more and more people should be questioning about for sure, because it's just, there's so much evidence out there to, to argue against the narrative that's promoted to us. And then the, the wild other, like the stupid conspiracies, there's so much evidence that argues against your points. Like, why are you even standing like still trying to validate this argument. It's just insane. It's like, but they don't care. I, I, I was like, man, I, that's another subject I, I I would be fascinated to talk about. Like, I don't think they're not intelligent. I don't, it's, I don't know if they do it for attention. If they, if, because I mean, any form of publicity, even if it's negative publicity is something. And people probably do that for engagement. Some people I think just do like our president, for instance, I, I feel like, a lot of his negative negative stuff that he does, I think it's, it's more for the publicity. I mean, honestly, it helped him become president in the first place, and I think it's just going to keep allowing him to hold office pretty much. But, you know, we, we, we thrive on looking at people and judging them and talking about them all day long, and it's like we shouldn't even validate these people. We should just tell them, like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard from you, and I'm super disappointed, and just leave it at that. Just never talk to them. <laughs> don't even give them any validation. Like if more people did that and just isolated these people, either they would a be like, screw you. I'm going to just join a group of people that believe what I believe, which I mean, most people don't do that. The, the other thing that people would do is like, Oh shit. I've now isolated myself from all my friends and family. I better like, I better go back and like maybe actually look a little bit further into this. And, and eventually they, they find out that they they were wrong. And then they changed her mind. But anyways, I just want to talk about that. Uh, again, tomorrow's my birthday. We will not be talking about me at all tomorrow. I will be turning 33. Thank you for your birthday wishes ahead of time. Um, 
But tomorrow's podcast is just going to be about great things that happen on, on the day of my birth. And I just want to talk every year about that kind of stuff. And so until then, I will catch you all manana. Peace.